Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I was in the middle of a corral. I was within uh, probably 100 feet or so of any kind of escape route. I had no stick with me, just me, myself, and this big bull. His eyes went big. He arched his neck, he showed me his side, and he arched his neck like, this, this is how big I am. I am big and powerful, intimidating. Do not come near me. A couple years ago, we did something scary. We bought our first cow. This is Ladybug. She's our Jersey. She's a cow that we have for milk. She's pregnant right now. She's due to calf in November. She's a mid-sized Jersey, which is a perfect size for our homestead. She'll give enough milk for our family with plenty of extra to use to feed the pigs, give to the chickens, use in the garden, make cheese with, endless possibilities of how we can use the milk here. And I will never forget the feeling I had when that cow showed up that first day. I had never been around cows. It felt like that velociraptor scene at the introduction of Jurassic Park. And I just hoped I wasn't gonna end up like that one guy. Shoot her! <laughs> now Kay was much better. She grew up around large livestock and she wasn't as scared as I was. She had done her research. Many of you can see on the channel, she's a more natural with livestock. And she was ready for this. She had grown up with horses. She had grown up with all kinds of animals. And she was not nearly as worried as I was. I was a nervous Nelly as Ladybug was brought onto the property and unloaded. And that took a while for me to get over. I wasn't the one who was interacting her with her every day, so it was all right. Uh, but over the last couple of years, I have got a lot more confidence around our cows. Another time. Oh, hi. You came over to say hi, Luna. Fly still bugging you, hon? Oh. Look at those flies, nasty flies. Let's say hi to Luna. I'll wash it here. And now I actually find them to be one of my favorite animals on the homestead. 
We really have become very pro-cow for homesteaders, uh, suggesting that if you're thinking about getting into milk, uh, that might be a better first selection, a better first animal uh, than even a goat, if you are ready to handle and work with an animal. And we have a guest here with us tonight who is going to talk all about working with cattle, whether that be dairy cows, uh, whether it be working around bulls and uh, beef animals. Uh, so we're really, I'm looking forward to this interview because I'm going to certainly get some pointers and tips on how I can be better around our cows. Uh, Ladybug's a mini Jersey. People would laugh if they knew how scared I was of this small-sized cow. But even Ladybug uh, has an incredible amount of power. Uh, we were talking about it before the show, Kay and I. She's blind in the one eye, which that added a whole new set of challenges. Sometimes when she whips her head back to swat flies, you got to make sure you're not standing there. So we have a guest tonight. Her name is Karen, and she is going to help us navigate the world of handling and working with cattle. Karen grew up on a mixed family farm in Alberta, Canada, growing barley and canola, raising and selling backgrounding stocker steers. Her main passion since she was little was the cattle end of the farming operation. From handling to pasture management, she has a BSc in agriculture from the University of Alberta, majoring in animal science, with an unofficial minor in rangeland, forage, and pasture management. Uh, one of the things you find me and Karen talking a lot in the comments section of our YouTube channel is uh, moving the animals on grass and feeding the animals. Uh, she has worked as a general veterinarian assistant, a farm store sales rep, and as a research assistant for rangeland research and crops and soils research with the University of Alberta. She currently works as a forage beef extension specialist with the provincial government and is working towards getting into farming of her own one day. She calls herself one of those wannabe farmer types, which I find is funny because I would look at Karen as an expert farmer type, not a wannabe any day. Uh, even though her passion for all things bovine, forages, rangeland, and agriculture has been alive and well since the day she was born. This passion is transformed into one of sharing of information on agriculture to all those who are interested, no matter if they're veteran farmers or those just eager to always learn more like herself. Uh, Karen is a wealth of knowledge on this subject. We're going to be able to dive into it, ask her plenty of questions about managing cattle. So Karen, I'd like to welcome you on to the Homesteady Show. Karen's a longtime commenter on the channel. You'll know Some of you will know her as Karen L. If you're a regular in the comments section, you'll see her there. And right out the gate, uh, Kay and I knew from Karen's comments, right away we could tell she was experienced. Uh, she wasn't just talking book knowledge, but we could tell she had boots on the ground knowledge. She's always she's not always agreed with some of the things we've done, which I have no problem with. I love when people show me what we're doing wrong or you know share what we're what we could change. But she's always handled it super classy. And I talked to her not too long ago. One of her comments was so good. I said, Karen, you got to come on the show. She said, I'd love to. So Karen, you're on the show. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for coming on Homesteady. And uh, I want to dive into this subject, Karen, because I know sure. from being on the other end, you grew up with this. I didn't. Cows scared me. Well, uh, what was it like? Just give us a little bit of your background, Karen, growing up around these animals. What was life on your family farm like? Oh, boy. It was adventurous, just to put it in one word. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was it's it's an experience of a of a uh of, of, I guess a kind of a lifetime. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it teaches you values that you, you just don't get anywhere else. Uh, teaches you responsibility, teaches you hard work, uh, all all sorts of things. Working with with cattle, I mean that was. Uh, there's a picture of of my mom and my brother out in the pasture, and mom's super pregnant with with me and the woman they're out pitching and pasture so you could probably say that the passion has been even before i was born <laughs> <laughs> so so it's been it's 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 been since uh since even then but yeah it's it's uh it's just something that i i just love and it's it's in the blood did you grow up you had what kind of cattle, how many was on the family farm growing up? Average is about 80, 80 to 90 stalker steers, which is actually pretty small. What we did was actually, uh, it's a bit different from feedlot versus the cow-calf operation where we get the steers from a cow-calf operation. We, we fed them up during the winter time, and it was, winter time was mainly with hay, silage, uh, and a little bit of grain if, if necessary. And then we throw them out the pasture come usually by May, May or June is when we throw them out to pasture and then they'd be out, out there till, till September when they get sold. So you yeah. had from, I mean, like you said, your mom was pregnant from just start forward. You were around large groups of cattle. Yeah. Like there's a picture of me. I was probably three years old. I had, I made, <laughs> it's funny, I actually made this cardboard box where I could put my little ponies in, in there. <laughs> There's a picture of me playing with my little ponies just feet away from these big steers and their steers are staring down at me like this. You <laughs> wonder what the heck I'm doing. And I was just absolutely just oblivious. But, you know, that's just what I grew up with. It was. Hey, why cows and cattle? Why is this the thing that you just attach to? And why would somebody want to consider raising some of these animals on their own homestead? Uh, there is a pile of reasons. One, one is that there are some of the best uh, green solar panel converting ruminants that you could ever you could ever have. They're the proxy for the old bison herds that that are I wouldn't say non-existent because they're they're still around, but it's just there's not enough of them like. Right. People like to romanticize. Oh, we should have all these bison and all that, but you know we have a lot of cattle, and and the cattle are, are such great converters of of grass to something that's edible, meat and milk. I mean, what 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 better could you ask for? The other thing is that they are cattle are a, a they're kind of an animal that is. But there's a certain prestige about them. The old Maasai in Kenya, Zimbabwe, they 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 value the cow as a meaning of of ri- of how rich you are. So the more cows they have, the more the richer you are. I can and, see uh, why they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it's it's that kind of prestige, but it's just it's just they they kind of look at you like they they look at you like nothing like horses, nothing like dogs or cats can look at you. They kind of look into your soul. For me, they, they speak 
they speak a different language. They, I, I hate to, I don't want to put any human qualities to them, but like, like they just know what's on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I've grown up, you know, growing up around cattle, all this, it's, it's, they've taught me a whole lot about me, about, about them. And so many people out there that don't even know what cows, the cows are actually smarter than they than you think. <laughs> There's more to them than just a ribeye. <laughs> smarter than the average you know? ribeye. Why would someone who, like myself, maybe was nervous about it, maybe it's a couple and one of them is thinking about bringing some cattle onto the homestead, why would someone want to consider raising them? That goes back to that meat and milk thing and plus... Plus, you know, it's the uh, ability for them to have have that ability to convert grass to, to milk. I mean, the thing is, is that goats are certainly certainly a a, a good or even sheep are are great uh, replacement, I guess you could say, if you don't have enough land. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> why someone would would consider having a cow? I think it's just kind of kind of goes back to you know what whether they actually like like the meat better like the milk better because some people don't like goat's milk some people don't even know that sheep milk even exists or that <laughs> they don't even like it so it's it's actually down to more of a personal preference thing you know what and even if they if they like dealing with these large animals these large ruminants and you know it, it's it's uh i i guess it that's what it's down to is is what a person actually prefers. I, I f- have found, I was known as a goat hater for a long time. And uh, when we got goats again on the property, I, I got a lot of, uh, a lot of comments on YouTube. Cause I actually decided after telling so many people for so long, don't bother, don't bother. They're the worst. We wound up having them. And I still think they're the worst. <laughs> I'm not lying. I think goats are <laughs> I wrestle with those animals and care for those animals. They're just a headache. I love them. This group that we have right now, I'm having so much fun, you know, working with them. They have such personality. But at the end of the day, uh, they are they are harder. Those smaller goats are harder to fence than the cows. They're the harder mm-hmm. ones to contain. They're harder to train. They're and and again, every you know, you can find an individual animal that's going to buck the trend. Uh, but as a generality, I find goats are a more difficult animal. And the product that you get, I do not like goat's milk more than cow's milk. We Ladybug's milk for us is it's the best milk we can possibly get. We've come around to this feeling over the last couple of years of doing the homestead dairy. If you're looking to be self-sufficient, if you're looking to get the most you can with the least amount of inputs... It mm-hmm. is really hard to beat a cow because she can, that one cow, a dairy cow, can turn that grass, a, a good pasture, she can turn a good pasture into milk and she can do meat too. And the milk from the cow can get turned into butter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
you can't really do that with the goat. You can get a separator and go through all this extra work, and but but it just doesn't work out that way. It doesn't really work easily. Uh, and the cream and all the things you can do with that cow, maybe look to the cow because goats are a lot of work and a lot of maintenance and a lot of stress, and you might burn out where one small-sized, you know, manageable dairy like our mini jersey might be such a nice experience you might just really enjoy that so if a person hears us say that and thinks you know what i that might be for me maybe i should forget the goats and the headache that they bring maybe i should go get the cow what are some things that a person should know before getting into cattle karen the main thing that a person should know is that they, they're big animals. There's, there's no doubt about that. They can be very intimidating. I think it's just that intimidation factor with, with their sizes, that thing is that you really got to gotta keep in mind because people can think, 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 oh, they're just like a big Great Dane. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> not unless you get like a really mini cow, then no. But uh, the, other, the other thing is that you know, before you got to get a cow, you got to make sure you got your fencing and your, your watering and your feed uh, because there's nothing worse than bringing a cow home and then all of a sudden you're scrambling to get, get that fencing in order, get that get that water in place and get that feed. The, yeah, the main thing, and this comes comes back from when we brought home our, our steers every year, we bring home new steers, is that those animals, they need a time to uh, to get used to the place because when they come home, they're wondering where am I? What 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 am I doing here? And and they're going to be, if you don't confine them in, they could be wandering around, and you could <laughs> they they could potentially try and, and find their way back home, <laughs> even though you don't want them to. So having so having them in a in a uh, a corral where where it's uh, I prefer be like something like a steel steel panels are good. You know, something that they're not going to easily break out of because they will break out if if they find a hole, <laughs> they can squeeze through, or or even a short like some breeds are just notorious for jumping. I I, I don't want to get into that, but that's <laughs> across the mind. We dealt with some some different interesting cattle, but they have to stay. Should be staying in that fence, not just for a day. It'll take three or three weeks, three to four weeks at least for them to to get used to start settling down, to stop pacing, to just, you know, just go back to get get to eating, that, that kind of thing. Um, the other thing is that people, I've noticed in a lot of farms, the cattle farms, uh, keeping keeping a family count, even backyard herds farms, is that people are wondering, why why is, why is can't I get close to these cows? Why can't I get, get to, to petting them and that? And, and the main reason is that they're not used to you. You have to you have to really be patient to get them used to you. And that's super important. And the only way you can do that is by patience, persistence, being tenacious about it, and just just having having the patience. I keep going back to that. Patience is is so important because all it takes is just hanging out with them, just having a book, getting your getting your favorite lawn lawn chair, and just sitting out with them and reading reading to them out loud, or just just 
being are just quiet like and and so that they they see you they smell you they realize you're not a threat and and then they start getting to know you the other thing too is if if you can bribe them a little bit with some feed that'd be that'd be great too <laughs> then they start associating you with with good things because that's really important they got to associate you with with good things not bad things because if they associate you with bad things they're heading for the hills they're you're not, you're not going to be it, you're not going to be uh you're going to be really struggling to get them to uh to become friends with them in, in a way for someone who is uh, less experienced maybe they don't even have the same uh fears that like i did <laughs> um but if they're less experienced or someone who is getting, you know, going through this routine of just being around their animals, what should they know uh, before getting close to the cattle and eventually making that step? Because you do have to make that step eventually to get in with your cattle for some reason. Uh, what do people have to know about working in close proximity to cattle? One thing about cattle is that they could test you. Once they figure out that you're anxious or nervous, <laughs> they'll try and test you. They'll they'll be shaking their head. They'll they'll try to get in your space, especially the tame ones. Bulls are especially really bad for doing that. You get into a past into a, a pasture. I mean, I've I've had that experience where a bull had directly challenged me, and uh, it was it was terrifying. It was really scary. But um, I should probably tell that story because that's that's yeah. A you really got, you can't just let that one go. No, we got to no. hear the bull story. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> So what happened was that I was briefly hired to work at a, at a farm just, just out where I used to live. And the first thing that he had me to do was to move these group of cows and to separate out this, this uh, one calf that was, that was a little bit, it was a little bit um, lame, was a bit sick and that. He didn't tell me about the bull. So here I am going into this corral and I see this massive black bull he was six feet tall I'm foot five foot two he's he's six feet tall at the shoulder he looks he looks like a, a big tank massive muscly just just oh my gosh he what a what a bull and and the first thing he looks he looks at me he looks at me from the side because cow, cows they they you know you think you're they're looking at you from the front and actually when they turn their head they can still see you from from the side He's looking at me from the side. And the first thing he did was he widened his, his eyes, went big. He arched his neck. He showed me his side and he arched his neck like, this, this is how big I am. I am big and powerful, intimidating. Do not come near me. And I seen this big guy and I thought, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the middle of a corral. I was within uh, probably a hundred feet or so of any kind of escape route. I had no stick with me, just me, myself, and this big bull. So I stopped. I had to just stop right there, right, right in my tracks. And I was scared because I, previously when I was little, I had, I had a really bad experience with the, with the bull when I was like four or five. And I, I just, didn't want to move. I, I knew I knew that if I ran away, he'd come after me, and because my short little legs wouldn't run as nearly as fast as he would. All I did was just just stop 
and just avert my eyes, not look, not look at him because if you look at directly at the eyes of a challenging bull like that, he's going to come after you, no question. And what what happened was was quite was quite something. So all I did was I just tossed every kind of negative thought that he was going to come after me. He was going to make me into mincemeat and dirt and mincemeat and that. And and I just thought all I want I thought okay guy all I want you to do is to move. I just all I want you to do is just please move for me. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to cause you any trouble. Just all I need you is just just to move. So so he so I just that's all I thought and I, and then I pictured in my mind. I have a photographic memory. I pictured in my mind him relaxing and moving on. And and I just sent I formed that picture in my mind. It sounds so crazy, but this is exactly what I did. Formed that picture in my mind and I psychologically sent it out to him. And most amazing thing happened. He completely relaxed. He eased his neck, he his eyes softened up. He turned his head to look at me and then he just walked away. And I thought, Lord heaven above, thank God. <laughs> thank you. I must have had someone looking over me. Angels were singing, oh man. And I and the I just like tried to, you know, get over that shock because I was just expecting, you know, in the back of my mind, I was just expecting him to come after me. And and then all of a sudden I just I just said, Good boy, good boy. And and uh, he and after that he was an absolute dream to move. So I wow. was just I just went and I moved him into the to the gate and of course I forgot to open up the gate. So he <laughs> but, <laughs> so but he he was he would he was so good. Like he, all he did, he just I just put him where he was, opened up the gate and then I moved moved kind of by, by him again. And he went in without an argument, went into that, to that gate without, without an argument. And then left open the gate, went to grab the cows because I'm sure the cows were watching the whole thing. They knew what was going on. Got the cows in, no problem. Separated out that calf. Life was good. Shut the gate. Life was all good. Man. So. <laughs> so That's, it, man, that's a good one, Karen. Whew. That was a life-changing because I was scared of bulls before. And he helped me get over that fear. He was kind of that that step in in getting over a, a fear of bulls. I mean, bulls you, you need to respect them. They're they're big. They're some people think they're unpredictable. They're only unpredictable if you don't know what to look for. What's a good <laughs> way for someone to get a little boots on the ground experience without actually buying the animals first, Karen? Any advice where someone could go? Uh, to get some, you know, interaction in a kind of a safe space with these animals? Probably the best, best way to get that kind of experience is go to a farm and, you know, talk, talk to a farmer to uh, try and get some experience with working with, with uh, those large, you know, bulls or even big cows. Cause I mean, cows with calves are another interesting subject. <laughs> uh, they, that's, that's one of the best things is, is is to go find find yourself another farmer, and you know they can tell you all you want, but I think the best thing is is to get experience on your own because that's the best way you can learn. Yeah, you can read all the books you want. Like even with me, I love books. I love reading about stuff like this, 
but nothing can compare with with getting the actual experience yeah. the actual boots on the ground yeah. and if you can find someone who will, who's willing to to take you under their under their wing and to teach you all this, that that's the best that's the best way to go. Spending that time is important. I'm bad for doing that. I, I, probably a good thing because every time we get get a bunch of steers, I'm always out there just walking with them, <laughs> talking quietly to them. You know, just just hanging out with them, and it doesn't take them very long for for them to relax and just. VAs and just hang out, you know. <laughs> and they and then they start realizing that if you're when you're out there, you're not out there to stab them with needles or or right. like that. They're just you're just there just to just to be with them. Do you suggest when somebody is starting off at the size that we are, uh, should they start with a calf? What should someone start with? Best thing to start with is what you guys did is to start with a cow. Um, she has, especially a cow that's had a calf, a calf or two. She's got a bit more experience with, uh, you know, especially if it's a dairy cow, she'll have a bit more experience with, with milking. She'll have a bit more experience with, with a calf. If you're getting a heifer, heifers can be a bit of a challenge, let me tell you. Uh, mainly because they're first time mamas. I've seen, it's just like I talked about this with, with the goats. I talked it in the comments. Heifers are exactly the same thing. They, they think they had this enormous, enormous poop, and they, <laughs> and they didn't, and they don't know what that this wiggling thing up the other end that came out their end, other end is something that's going to be needing their attention and and a, a bit of suckling at. But especially if you're trying to start a, a little bit of a cow calf uh, operation, so yeah. so either a cow or beasters are also really good to get your feet wet with in. Um, weaned, weaned steers are, are great. They're, you know, they're a little, they're still, still going to be a bit of a challenge because they're kind of like teenagers or just, there's not going to be so much risk with disease and with some other, other issues like, like with young, young calves, like, you know, you just, you just got this day old dairy, dairy bull calf from, from the sale barn. Um, and I've heard of people that have tried starting with calves and they ended up losing calves because either they didn't feed them properly, they ended up getting some, some, uh, disease, some scours that the calf, they didn't, couldn't treat right away or well, not right, right away, but they just didn't know how to treat, treat properly. And they ended up losing the animal. And that, that's sad. I don't, I don't want, I don't wish that on anybody. I don't wish yeah. anybody to, to lose an animal because that is heartbreaking. Oh yeah. Especially at the but, beginning when you're not experienced and you just feel like, oh man, yeah. I just failed at everything. <laughs> yeah. Older animals are the best. So that's what I recommend is for it, starting. Out. Is it okay to, would you suggest starting with just one? Is that an okay thing to do on a small homestead? If you are going to start with just one, is there something you can do to make it better? Cows are like potato chips. You can't just have one. And they're a herd animal. So if especially if they're the only animal on the homestead, they're going to be lonely. It's not good for them to be lonely. They're social animals. They need a herd. So if you're going to be having one cow, you should at least try to get two. Like it, it doesn't have to be two, two dairy cows. It can be just a cow and a beef steer that you're going to be raising up for beef. That's That's totally fine. Um, but yeah, they're social animals. They don't do well when they're by themselves. I, if you have some sheep or, or goats, they'll be fine. They'll be okay with that. But there's still be, can, can be some troubles with mixing them because if the sheep aren't used to them or if they're not used to the sheep, 
I mean, they you can get some issues like they'll be bossing the sheep around and or the sheep will just have nothing to do with them. <laughs> what is your closing advice to anybody who is maybe on the fence? Maybe they were like me. They're a little bit scared of this idea. Maybe they're like Kay was. They're excited about this idea. What's your closing advice to someone who's about to step into the world of cattle? Uh, closing advice is to do research, do as much reading and research as you can. Talk to talk to as many farmers, get get a bit of experience working with, with cattle with some farmers, especially if you don't know what you're getting into. Don't be too confident that you actually know what you're getting into because <laughs> there's always a chance that that you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and so and that's true. that's totally it's so important. So having books like Stories Guide to Raising Beef Cattle is a really good book. Um, there's there's other books out there that are really great to to study up on before you get into animals because they will they will tell you the nitty-gritty. They won't sugarcoat anything. I don't I don't like it when people sugarcoat things cuz that's just it, 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 the BS out there there's so much <laughs> <laughs> you got to be really careful. You too, Karen, so, but I think we're pretty good at home study about not sugarcoating. Look at our videos this last like week. That. It's been that's, like, that's what, got me, that's what got me to listen to you guys because like you guys are sugar. so genuine. I love it. absolutely <laughs> love it. See, scours and all. Karen, this was a great interview. Uh, so much good advice for someone who's getting started or looking to get started with cattle. If someone wants to find you, if they want to find out more, uh, where can they find you? Where can they chat with you? Let us know. Uh, I'm all over the place. But my <laughs> main thing, <laughs> I am on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Wild Rose Beef. My, probably the best way they can get a hold of me, though, is I have a, we I have a website called uh, bovinepracticum.com. Uh, it's it's a blog, personal. It's not really a personal blog. It's just kind of a blog where I just have all my thoughts and and stuff on on cattle that from odd things like people getting hurt by bison <laughs> to the uh, uh, ethical uh, debate with with slaughtering cattle and, and all that kind of stuff so contact me page you can they can go on there and they can ask me ask me questions Karen this was great thank you all to uh, all you who joined us live for the pioneer show. If you're uh, watching this later in the library, uh, thank you for watching it later in the library. We'll have links below to everything if you want to find Karen there. And uh, if you missed the Homesteady Pioneers live show, if you're not a pioneer and you'd like to join us for this show and all the other shows that we do, see the whole entire uncut version of this episode, uh, you can come become a pioneer back at the website, just like Karen. Karen's a Homesteady Pioneer. She helps us do this show every month, so we can't do it without Homesteady Pioneers like you guys. So thank you so much for watching. Great episode. And we have some more really good ones coming up. We have some more cow episodes coming up. Other animals. Stay tuned. Uh, keep an eye on the Pioneers tab. And uh, you'll see what is coming down the pipe. We'll see it in our next live show.